In this episode, I chat to Rachel Walker, who is a fellow fit mum, mum of two, personal trainer, owns her own gym, and we got together just to have a bit of a chat around the things that us as mums in a modern society face. Some good, some not so great. We talk 11-year-old, 9-year-old hormone changes and just have a really good catch-up. I hope you enjoy this one. Hey everyone and welcome back to the Body Positive Mum podcast. I'm super excited because today I have a guest with me, a fellow mum, a fellow fit mum and someone that we have become acquainted over Instagram probably for the last few months now and just through following each other's content and liking and commenting and then jumping into messaging it then led to me asking Rachel to come on the podcast today so that we could have a bit of a catch-up and a chat. I've been wanting to get a fellow mum on the podcast for some time and I know I've mentioned it in a few previous episodes but I've just never got around to doing it or to finding a mum that I thought right I can connect with this woman and we can have a good chat. So here we are, I have Rachel Walker with me She's a mum of two. She's got an 11-year-old and a two-year-old. Um, she's a personal trainer and owns her own gym in Dundee called Revolution Fitness. And I'm just so excited to be able to come on here and just dive in. We've been having quite a good chat just before we even pressed record on here. And it's always difficult because it's one of these ones where you think, do I press record straight away and we just get all of the chit-chat? Or do we maybe schedule it around some questions and topics but for those of you that have listened to the podcast for some time you're aware that I don't plan out these sessions in a theme or a format so it's very much just a conversation today between Rachel and myself both mums Rachel's kind of going through um I suppose just different changes just now right with your own kids and with your life adapting to life at home yeah absolutely so yeah is there anything that you want to then add to that intro did I miss anything out um no not that I can think of um just no that was everything yeah that was all good (laughs) good stuff so really then what we talked about before we pressed record on this episode was just around about having children at home at this time with you being a business owner an entrepreneur someone who is active all the time and very much like myself doing a lot for your client base how are you finding things right now given that you've got a gym that you own but you're not able to then you know from a business side of things you're not able to then open that up to the wider public how, how has that been recently um the business side of things is hard um being a small independent gym obviously it's hard and it's a lot of work already but also we are not entitled to any help from the government which has also then been a bit of another blow mm-hmm. so kind of doing what I can at the minute and doing classes online um, to keep our members happy and hopefully still coming so that on the other side of this we can just kind of pick back up where we left off um, having the time at home definitely helps because I can kind of organize things we're redecorating looking at buying some new equipment things like that but I am desperate to get back to work and back to normal life <laughs> yeah. yeah I know I can completely feel that so 
yeah, so it's probably like leading quite nicely in then to how has things been? So at home with a two-year-old and an 11-year-old, that's a big age gap in terms of their needs and what they maybe want from you. It is, but you know what? It works very, very well because I've got one that's obviously pre-teen and then the other one's a toddler, so they don't argue, they don't fight, like they get on so well. Emma, the eldest one, she helps me out a lot. Um, she's like a second mum sometimes. Um, yeah, it's great. They just, I definitely recommend age gap to anyone. It's, it's, yeah, it makes life a lot easier. I, they don't fight over toys, or they don't want the same things and stuff like that. So I find like Emma's happy entertaining herself. She's sitting on her iPad all day, and Sienna just she's happy. She's actually happy in her bedroom playing. So it's good. Yeah, they are good. And we're going out for our daily walk every day as well. So um, it definitely keeps up, breaks up the day, keeps them busy. And then when we come home, then they're just happy to chill out. Mm. Yeah, definitely. What about yourself then? How's things been for you? So obviously as a personal trainer, you're probably used to being in the gym every day, running classes at certain times. And you've mentioned that you've been doing a lot more online now for your clients. Yeah, I find um, the thing I struggled with the most was going from... Like I find my life goes at like 100 mile an hour all the time. <laughs> so see, to go from being 100 mile an hour to then feeling really lost in what I was meant to be doing, yeah. I would say I spent the first three weeks of lockdown trying to figure out what, what to do. Mm -hmm. I didn't know work-wise, I didn't know what to do with my clients. Um, I did start doing online classes straight away and they, really, they were really good. Um, I'm really enjoying them. But like most of my clients are also like... A lot of them have lost their jobs or they're not working just now. So mm -hmm. clients-wise, that has taken a bit of a dip. So I was trying to then adjust of how I could help them still, but without, like, I just wasn't too sure what to do. Um, so if I feel like after about a month, we got into a bit of a swing of things. Um, I actually really enjoy lockdown. I know that sounds quite insane, but I quite enjoy the fact that everything isn't going 100 mile an hour. I've got time to enjoy little things like, being a personal trainer is unsociable hours. I now can do bath time, make the day of tea, go out for family walks more often, stuff like I just love stuff like that. So yeah, as I do enjoy that a lot more. Whereas before, it's definitely made me reassess when I do go back to work, what I'm definitely gonna make changes to how I'm working. Mm -hmm. Like more fast time. That's pretty powerful when you think about it as well, because it's almost like, and I'm, I'm nodding away here, so for those of you that are watching this, you can see Rachel and I both kind of like, yes, I'm nodding away. <laughs> you're listening to it, you won't. So I'm nodding away here thinking, you know, that resonates quite deeply with me as well. So as a parent, and we talked about this before we pressed record as well, but around that whole mum guilt piece, and it shouldn't ever be a shameful thing to admit that you want time to yourself but as well as wanting to be more present in your children's life and you've maybe not had either of that before this whole lockdown period started so we've kind of had an enforced change haven't we it's like a, a refresh of how I think a lot of people needed this mm. for their family lives definitely mm. just to like reassess what's important to them like surely 
for me, I was working three, four nights a week, six days a week. And being a mum, I'd much rather be at home. I'd rather go out early in the morning when everybody's still in bed mm -hmm. and then finish at five o'clock. That would suit me perfectly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, a, it's a funny one because do you find then that now you're enjoying having your kind of mum role a lot more because you've got... Oh, definitely. You've got more time... Yeah. Yeah, like, do you know, I, we opened the gym when Sienna was three months old. So we took it on when I was seven months pregnant, mm. renovated the whole thing and pretty much opened as soon as we could. Yeah. So I never got that, like, you see the time off to go and do your water babies or mm -hmm. your baby sensory, stuff like that. Yeah. And whereas, like, now I do have my days, like, I've got my Friday, I do not work a Friday at all. Um, my Friday off, we go to an art class, we go to swimming lessons, obviously not right now, but normally. But other than that, like I feel like I do, work does come first a lot. Although my, obviously your children always come first. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, when you're in a line of work that does work unsociable hours, mm -hmm. it's, your family life does take a hit. Yeah. So I, de I will definitely be changing the way that I work when we do go back to work so that it suits my family life a lot more I love like me and Emma started making tea together mm -hmm. um we've been baking cakes I've been teaching I actually used to study art before I got into the whole fitness thing yeah um yeah. so I've been teaching her like life drawing and um, teaching her how to use different paints stuff like that mm -hmm. I would never have done that before because I would never have had time yeah that's okay that is amazing. And then I would quite happily be a stay-at-home mum as well. <laughs> <laughs> this is where you and I completely differ then because I just am not that type of mum. And as much as I absolutely love my kids, I would do everything to protect them, you know, physically. You need your own, you, you need your own time to yourself. And I think you do, like, I mean, I say that. I think if I was a full-time mum, maybe I wouldn't want to be one. But for a short period, it's really nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I'm enjoying it. Like you, I'm enjoying this time with them. But equally, I, I have quite an introvert nature in that I don't do well around a lot of people a lot of the time. So yeah. very, very, you know, very good just being on my own in a quiet room with no noise. And it, it's yeah. because it go, I don't know even know where it came from, but my husband's family so my husband's irish and when i first went to stay at his parents house it was the biggest culture shock and shock to my system that i've ever faced and i had massive anxiety around it because it was so noisy their house was full of people all the time and there was literally nowhere to go even when you were in the bathroom people were knocking the door asking if you were nearly finished oh god so, yeah <laughs> And I mean, we've been together something like 17 years. And even now, when I go over to Ireland, the family are brilliant. They know. But I go into a moment, it's like maybe after day two, where I think I get out. I need to just go walk on my own. I don't need anybody with me. I just need me. Yeah. No, I do, you know, I do agree with you there. I, do, I am a very people person. Yeah. And I do love it. But I do like time to myself. And I think that being a mum, you definitely need that. So that you don't break, you need to have even just like 
30 minutes to go away on your own, yeah, to not speak yes. to anybody, mm-hmm. not have somebody shout on you, ask for something. Yeah. It's, yeah. You do yeah. need that time. But like right now, I am loving it. Long term, forever, probably not. Mm-hmm. But I do, I am really enjoying it just now. And that's good. It's positive to come from it as well. And I think a lot of families will benefit from it because, like, where I stay, there's a lot of people out walking, and like, you're seeing families out walking, and they would probably never have walked together, like, because there's nothing else to do. So, people are all going out, the whole household are going out for a walk. You'll have teenage kids going out with their mum and dad. Yeah. Like, they would never have went out. No, and I bet the no. mum and dad probably wouldn't have even went out for a walk together. Probably so I think it's much. really, really nice to see. Mm-hmm. I just hope that when this, when we do get to go back to normal life, mm-hmm. people will continue this on as well. Okay. I think I hope that people will kind of change the way that they do things yeah. with their life. Yeah, for sure. And, and this is the probably looking at it from the positive spin on what could be a very negative situation. Um, how so you've mentioned then that Emma she's 11 so she's a preteen and don't yeah. single her out and embarrass her so we'll um, we'll not mention her name again but how are no. you finding things just now with her is it just conscious that with her being preteen you know we are having probably hormonal changes right now and- so things have only started to change quite recently mm-hmm. um had a bit of a meltdown the other she is she's she is changing and she doesn't really like it so I found that hard but like obviously I had Emma quite young and I don't know it's just part of your you just never really think about that part of being a mum that I mean you go through the toddler phase them growing up them going to school but this part nobody prepares you for this part of it no I know it's hard yeah, you don't get given a guide when you leave the maternity ward to say, here's what you're going to expect until they're even an adult themselves. No, it's, I found it hard. Like, I can see that she, our moods are changing. Um, I feel like you've got to be a wee bit more careful about how you approach situations so that our hormones aren't yeah. going all over the place. But, like, one thing, she is lots so of, the meltdown we had the other day, because things are starting to change, she got dead upset because it's this topic that her friends have like made fun of other people for right i said to her right now you're not at school none of your friends are going to know anything so when you go back half them will be in the same situation as you Mm -hmm. but you won't know because it could be months before you see them Mm -hmm. but it's just kids are mean like they're really really mean so so is she going into high school after this summer break no she goes into primary seven right okay so she's still got another year at primary school, thankfully. Yeah. I would I would be terrified if she was going into high school, especially missing the end of primary seven and not having that kind of final year to transition. Yeah. So at least we've still got another year. Yeah, it, it must be so difficult on children as a whole, I think. You know, we were saying earlier, like, kids are just super resilient regardless of, of what they yeah. because, you know, they're at that kind of, stage in life where everything is still fun and optimistic and you know they don't have the anxieties and the worries or they shouldn't but they don't no, they shouldn't. Have those worries and anxieties that comes with age and experience and just you know going through life but yeah by not having their last final year in primary school must be challenging for uh, them. yeah 
I um, I've got quite a few clients that are primary school teachers, mm -hmm. and they were saying like, um, like sort of development-wise in their education, they're not really going to be affected massively. Um, they're not being taught anything new just now, but obviously parents are kind of doing what they can to keep going with things they've already been taught. Yeah. But it's more there was in their social skills will probably need a lot of work because kids learn through play with each other and they're not getting any of that. Yeah. So they're going to have to probably really teach them how to work together again when they go back, which is something that I never thought of. Mm -hmm. Don't think about that side of it when they're growing up. You think that they just you tell them what to do and that's how they learn and they watch you and that's how they learn. But socially, they do. They work with each other at school. They learn through play, they fall out, they're taught how to be nice to each other. They're not getting any of that. It's so true. And if you think about, I mean, we, we're in a very fortunate situation that we've got partners in the house with us. We've got two children yeah. know, that are there. So when you, and they've got each other. Yes. When you think of it that way, they're, they're getting that social interaction, albeit it's probably easier for me because mine are twins. So they're the same age, they're at the same mental maturity yeah. levels, they like similar things. They're not even... Yeah, I've, my brothers are twins. Right. Uh, they, well, what are they, 22 now? Mm -hmm. And they're still like the best of friends. Yeah. Like, and yeah, they're obviously they do fight, they probably fight more because they're so alike. Yeah. But they, they're into the same things all the time. So they've always got a friend to play with. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that, that's my point around, you know, where they've got siblings that are similar ages, they've still got that social interaction. But yeah. for children that are potentially an only child, and they don't, or they maybe have a large age gap, maybe like yours, it might be a little bit more difficult. Yeah. I find like with my, although I have got an eight year age gap, it's, they do get on really well. Like they do play together very well and especially now that Sienna's almost three, mm -hmm. her vocabulary is great, she's she's funny, she's great, she's really clever as well. So they do play together really well and they'll watch the same things or Emma will teach her things, mm -hmm. they'll watch movies together, they'll play with the teddies or our babies and mm -hmm. yeah, it's I'm for having such a big age gap, they do get on incredibly well. And I actually think that they're closer now that we're all home together all the time yeah. than they were before. Which is a really nice thing. And it's not something that before we've chatted that I've really thought about before. You're probably completely right. People are getting closer. Yeah. And we kind of think of it from our own bubble. I mean, I personally am lucky that having twins, they've always had a bond and they've always yeah. had this bond. Whereas for other families with preteens or teens, They've maybe not seen these their kids for you know on no. end, and all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, it's like you're wanting to sit dinner with me and come out a walk with me now, which must be nice. You get more conversation from them as well. Yeah, and from Emma's point of view as well, she's now got her mum available to her, given that she's going through these womanly changes now. Yeah, and you know with things like widening hips, growing boobs, starting periods, hormonal changes, with all of that type of thing that, you know, I always joke it's that- It's terrifying when you're that age, it's terrifying. Completely, yeah, completely. And we're never gonna be able to, <clears throat> I mean, I've had the boobs in the period chat with mine, with my girls, 
and we're never going to be able to prepare them for the day that it actually happens. No. Because I still remember, and you'll probably remember, I think every woman remembers the first day that they realised that they'd started their period. Yeah. It was petrifying, regardless. We're not, thankfully, we're not quite at that point yet, but Mm -hmm. that is, yeah. Yeah, completely. It is scary to get into that age. It is scary. Yeah. I I know, and and it's it's something that's going to happen, and my two... I just think, like, you're never prepared, like, yeah, you're not prepared for it at all. I know you're not prepared. For I feel like as a mum, you kind of wing it the whole time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You learn as you go, and I mean, I know I definitely did. Like I had Emma at sixteen, so I was young, and thankfully I got a great support network. But you do wing it, and you learn what works for you. Yeah. I didn't have all see all the stuff that's available now. When I had Sienna, for instance, you yeah. didn't have that eleven years ago. Mm-hmm. My health visitor, yeah, my health visitor went off when she was like six weeks old and I never got another one so I've just kind of done it by myself but this is I found this part of motherhood more difficult than having a baby or a toddler yeah. definitely yeah I think so you need you're more cautious that if you do say if you also you do mess up sometimes as a mum say if you get it wrong when they're a baby well do you know what they're okay they don't remember mm-hmm. but now your what you whatever I say to her will have an impact. Yeah. So you need to make sure you're doing it right, and that is, I think, the scary part of it. Yeah, I know, I know, and, and I think you're like obviously two years ahead of where I am with my two, <clears throat> with Emma. Um, but it's it's a funny one because the research shows that through even maternal nutrition, so mum's health, and this is probably quite interesting to bring it back into the whole fitness and health piece but mum's health before she falls pregnant is dictated to how healthy her mum was so before so if we take it for you your health now was very much started before you were even thought to be conceived so your mum's health yeah and this goes way back in generations it's even been shown that um, there's evidence to suggest that it comes from the grandma as well so if you think about it from like your mum before she fell pregnant with you, her health and her lifestyle had a depiction upon how well and fit and healthy you that would I be. would be. So when she that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of research on it, it's, and that's why again, it's a massive passion of mine around um, pregnancy and maternal nutrition because whatever mum then puts into her body the baby will get the nutrients from that first. It's just the way that the embryo works and the way that the fetus works. Yeah. So from that point of view, whatever we ate when we were pregnant then starts our baby's life and health factors for when they become adults. So it starts mm-hmm. in the womb. And then once the that is very born, interesting. Yeah. Once the baby's born, it then obviously has a big impact on they learn through influence they are watchers feelers yeah that's how they learn through sensory so being able to we as parents have already started our child's health journey to optimal health from the moment that we were even born right through to the moment that we what we choose through pregnancy for them that's pretty interesting actually yeah never knew that yeah so things like 
um, you know, hereditary and genetic diseases, it doesn't necessarily mean that because your grandparent had it, that you will end up with it. Yeah. So this is quite an interesting thing. You know how they always say like breastfed babies mm. are, that's best. And I breastfed both of mine. Um, I am all for breastfeeding, but I was not breastfed because I, my mum couldn't, yeah. whereas my little brothers were. Now, my little brothers have got all my mum's allergies, plus more, mm -hmm. and they've got asthma, like my mum. Mm -hmm. I don't have anything. Mm -hmm. Whether it's linked or not, I don't know, but I do find that interesting that, like, my mum has quite a few allergies, and she's got severe asthma. Yeah. Both my brothers are the exact same, with additional allergies. One of them's got quite a severe nut allergy, Mm -hmm. stuff like that but I have absolutely nothing yeah. and I'm the only one that wasn't breastfed yeah and I think it does go back to that you know there's a lot of stigma and pressure put on women as soon as you you'll remember yourself you know when you went to any of your um antenatal type classes and they would be asking you around all about breastfeeding and it's the answer you know I'm a little bit of a rebel inside but the answer to mine was well yeah if I can and if I, if I yeah. want you know there's no pressures because formula these days compared to you know I think they, they look at it from the olden days but formula yeah. these days is it's different well balanced and it's it's full of all of the vital nutrients that a baby will need yeah there's see no I I always remember my mum saying to me to if you can breastfeed do it if you can't don't stress about it yeah. because she couldn't breastfeed me because I just would not take to it and because of that she then felt as a failure and like she was literally a brand new mum yeah. so I'd always say to myself if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't yeah. so with Emma I breastfed her till she was what, six months old I think mm -hmm. um, with Sienna I breastfed her but the pain that I was in mm -hmm. I can fully understand why women give up it was yeah. horrific absolutely horrific but I persevered and then I breastfed her till she was six weeks old and then we gave her her first bottle and she would not latch back onto me at all. But I was devastated because to me I wasn't ready to give up but she she was, she was done. Yeah. So I kind of just had to go with what she wanted otherwise it would have made me and it put me in a worse position um, but I would have liked to have done it longer but at least I still done it so and I listened to my baby, I listened to what she wanted as soon as she yeah. had that bottle, she would not go back on. Because she's learned that it's coming from something. It's easier. <laughs> yeah, completely. I know, well, my girls um, were born nine weeks premature. So when they were born, they had no sucking reflex. So they were That's early. Yeah. And the one thing that the nurses in the neonatal unit asked me to do was to hand express the colostrum. So like the first few yeah. days to give them the antibodies and almost like mum's immunity. Yeah. So of course, you know, with them being so premature, they were they were tiny. They were only two pound fourteen. And I thought oh, I'll, I'll do everything I can. And to be honest, I was, you know, I was in hospital for 10 nights. So I thought, well, I've got nothing else to be doing. I may as well get what I can out of it. Yeah. And I breastfed them the way that I could. So it was expressing that they were tube fed the breast milk. But uh, the nurses in the neonatal unit actually came to me after a few weeks and said, 
they're they're very well they're, you know they just need fat on them and unfortunately your breast milk is not fatty enough to give them that yeah and normally with premature babies when it's the <clears throat> formula will fatten them up yeah and that was it that you know they'd said to me because my whole perception was oh but breasts best you know you always go but on I think what's best what's best for you it's not necessarily that it is best it is like I've had clients that have been breastfeeding and they're miserable like they're expressing I had one girl express for a month just so she could go on one night out with her partner yeah, for a yeah. month and I was like how like how could you actually be bothered with that I like obviously take my hat off to her she's done it but for me the stress that would cause my life yeah it would be worth it no no and this is exactly it my best friend when she had her first baby I went down she lives down in Chester and I went down to stay with her for a few nights because her husband was going away with work and she was so in the zone it was kind of like that blinkered zone of I have to breastfeed my baby yeah. but I'm needing to go and express in between feeds she was producing so much milk and it was that oh. catch 22 of but the more you express and give out the more that you produce yeah and it got to the point where you know you can't tell a, a new mum to stop no. breastfeeding her baby no and inside I'm going oh my god she's like she's so in this blinkered tunnel that she doesn't realize that the time that she's taken away to go and express she's not having with her baby yeah see i never expressed i actually done um but after about with emma it was about three months old i just did a formula bottle yeah and that made my life easier because then she would do a feed on me a bottle feed yeah and i didn't have to mess around with i couldn't express it just didn't work no I, I do take my hat off to people that can do it. Yeah. It I just didn't work for me. It's like, you know, one of these things where I was at home without my babies. It gave yeah. me a sense of purpose and something that I felt then inside, you know, this is... This is you were happened. doing something for them. Yeah, yeah. And then it only lasted, you know, once I got them home, I think it was only a few more weeks that I managed to feed them and it just became too much stress on my body. So I stopped producing milk. Yeah, like, but then you have to listen to your body, and yeah. like with me, I persevered with Sienna for about a fortnight, mm -hmm. but she was so frustrated, and I was getting frustrated, and then I was getting really upset. So then she was getting upset, and then Paul was saying to me, "Why just stop? Like, why are you doing this?" But he didn't get it because it was like I did. It wasn't my choice. Yes. So I felt like it was getting taken away from me, yes. but then. I wasn't helping anyone by trying to continue doing it. No. So I had to listen to her and then she, she, yeah, it was much easier. See, bottle feeding. Mm. I do think breastfeeding is easier to begin with, but after a while, bottle feeding is easier. Mm. I mean, it is amazing, but that's the whole point. You know, if we've got any new mums or pregnant ladies listening right now, there is no right or wrong to feeding your baby as long as you are feeding them yes we're doing an amazing job and for some that might be you know breastfeeding forever more you know, we have months yeah or not i do take my hat off to people that breastfeed see for a long long time because it is very it's very tying yeah i had a friend breastfeed till her wee one was 15 months old so she couldn't do anything because she would only take food like she would only feed off of her yeah i do take my hat off to ladies that do that 
No, for sure. I absolutely agree. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was an interesting topic. I love it how we go down, you know, because I don't... I love the mum route. It's <laughs> great. Talking about boobs and breastfeeding. <laughs> Seems so long ago for me now. So, you know, I feel like it almost like Sienna's going to be three at the end of this month. I'm at the point now where I think I would love another one, but realistically, I don't think I would. Yeah. I love the idea. See, to do all that again, yeah. I do love the idea of doing it all again. It is amazing. You know, it's one of these, like, the whole experience, isn't it? Um, just the whole, like, the whole journey that you take with them and having... Yeah. I've, I've not. So we, if we were guaranteed just one, then I would have then, another one. Yeah. I absolutely would but because I had my twins were naturally conceived and they're identical which means it was one you would be more likely so yeah. me conceiving multiple and it might be triplets or more are higher oh now yeah I know and so I like, my mum always said um if she had my brothers first she would never have had another one no and it's it's funny the amount twins are hard they are hard <laughs> Yeah. I think a lot, like, obviously I grew up, I was five when my brothers were born, mm -hmm. um, and I just always remember feeling, like, quite left out, not that I was, but, because yeah. my mum would just give me all the time in the world, but as a five-year-old, and suddenly two babies that never slept, cried all the time, um, I just felt like they'd totally taken away my thunder, yeah. and um, my mum says, like, people always say, oh, I would love to have twins, like, imagine that, two babies at once. Yeah. And until you've lived with twins, no, you do not want to, like, it's, they're hard. Yeah. One baby's hard. Try having two. I know. And then I think the whole, like, oh, the added pressure as well of them having been born so early. Yeah. Very small for a very long time. So I remember even when I took them for a weigh-in and they were approaching one year old, they were still wearing not to three-month-old jacket. Oh, that's tiny. Small and... I mean, I've done everything in my power to try and like beef them up, and I've got some amazing photos of them. When you know when babies go through that really chunky stage, yeah, it's so adorable, and they've got the wee rolls, over yeah, around their ankles and their wrists, rolls and their fingers. I did all of you know they went through all of that stage, but they're um, they've obviously they've just taken a lot of my genetics, and yeah. I was always very naturally slim, active. You know, See, that's like me as well. Well, yeah. Both my children, especially Emma, um, she was a very long, skinny baby. Yeah. Like, and then Sienna, she was quite similar. Like, they're both, they've never really been chubby babies, mm -hmm. ever. No. Or really chubby toddlers. They've always been quite tall and thin. Oh. Then that's what I'm like. Yeah. Which, I suppose, then, is probably because much like what Emma's experiencing just now with changes in how she looks and feels, that this is what I'm experiencing now at nine years old with more so Clara. Shannon's not quite there with it yet, but more so Clara. Um, and it's funny because Clara was always, out of the two of them, she was always 10 weeks ahead of Shannon in development. Oh, really? So she sat before Shannon sat, she crawled, she walked, you know, she did before Shannon. And it was always yeah. weeks that we could then put it by. Um, so she's developing a bit quicker. And what's quite interesting is I competed in um, a few bikini competitions last year. 
and then made the decision that I wouldn't do any more for a number of years, if at all now, because they've got to that age where at eight years old, she'd seen me very lean with defined abs for so long that she asked when she would get a six pack like me and why am I? And she was holding on to her tummy saying, why is yeah. that and yours is not? So at that point, it was a, hmm, this is an alarm. To, yeah. Let's you, so that, see like that side of things, that does um, worry me a little bit. Um, only purely because it's it's become within schools, children talk about being overweight. And I know that some of Emma's friends have talked about, like, she'll be like, oh, so-and-so thinks that they're fat, or, mm-hmm. yeah, so, like, she would never call anybody fat, but it's, like, the way that they talk about themselves, and Emma is very tall and thin, so a lot of people say, oh, they would love to be tall and thin like her, and that makes her feel good, which is great, but at the same time, I need to try to say to her, but your size doesn't matter, it doesn't make you a better person, depending if you're thinner or heavier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that when I done my show last year, I was very cautious of not missing out too much on family stuff. Yeah. I didn't want my family life to be massively impacted by what I was doing. Yeah. I still wanted it to seem like we were still doing normal things. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. I did figure the balance out quite well, but it, it was hard. I think you don't need to, like, see when you're meal prepping everything and I suppose it's easier when you're at work because then the kids don't really see me sitting eating out of a Tupperware. And because of my line of work, even when I went to uni, I would eat out of Tupperware because I wasn't going to go and eat the food in the canteen at uni. I would take stuff with me. So that's been quite normal for a long time. But I would still like, we'll still get a takeaway at the weekend or we'll go out for food. And I love my chocolate. So I let the kids see that so that it's not oh, mum doesn't eat anything like that. or yeah, And then yeah. as well, like I'm actually two stone heavier now than what I was when I done my show in September. But mm-hmm. I don't feel like with Emma, it's never really faced her whether I was... She's never said, like, you look better then or why do you not look mm-hmm. like that now? Because I've always tried to kind of talk her through it and explain. So I had all the comments, oh, you're getting a bit thin, see from, like, the in-laws and stuff like that. You look better yeah. now with a bit of beef on you and see trying to explain that you were doing it for one day and it was a yeah. goal. Yeah. They don't if they don't understand they just don't understand it. But I was very cautious of how it would impact the girls. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's very admirable that you know you think of it that way, and that's probably where you and I are together and agree on that. Because there is a lot of women that compete in different competitions. It doesn't need to be bodybuilding, but just in different competitions that potentially don't see the impacts that it has on their children. No. See, I've been in a place before where I wasn't in a good relationship with my body at all. Right. Like I was maybe sitting at about 15% body fat and I was definitely under eating, over exercising, but that's not what I saw. We went on holiday and I still felt like I was overweight. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't actually until I had Sienna that that's when I, my perception really changed. Yeah. Because I was probably at my lowest point when I fell pregnant with her. So I had to watch my body change it with my control. Mm-hmm. And it was see after that, that's kind of what made me realise. Like I felt like I'd wasted that, all that time disliking how I looked when I actually had no reason to dislike how I looked. Mm-hmm. And I would never want my girls to ever, ever go through something like that. 
and it, it, I would say that having Sienna is what changed it all because I had to I had to my whole mindset had to change and it was out of my control yeah it's amazing that you were able to to do that because again you know the, the point that you've made around you don't want your kids equally I don't to experience that and to think that way and to look that way at themselves but the harsh reality of it is they probably will you know I do think social media plays a massive part of that as well mm-hmm. like that like I don't know about you but I know I've been very guilty of comparing myself to people online and it's really only over the past few years that I've kind of learned to accept myself mm-hmm. that's where I like I would compare myself to somebody who genetically I could never look like mm-hmm. no matter with what surgery I would never have looked like that because we're not genetically built but a lot of young girls don't they don't get that yeah and like I'll have had clients come to me and be like I just want to have skinny legs like like how do I get a thigh gap I'm like well one why do you really want to have a thigh gap and two you've obviously not got white hips and that's why you don't have a thigh gap Mm -hmm. you can't strive for something that your genetics aren't going to let you have with if it's not safe Mm -hmm. so but a lot of young people, I feel like, especially with, I love Instagram, but I do think that there is a lot of pressure to have these perfect looking lives that yeah. people yeah. don't have. Yeah, for sure. And it, it's a difficult one because even with, you know, TikTok, all of these types of platforms, you've got, it's a highlight reel, isn't it, really? Yeah, you only post the good things and the fun things. But I try to be, keep, I always try to make sure that Emma knows that. And that difficult thing to get across though for someone who is you know she's a sponge right now to everything that's going around and oh 100 percent. and so how are you combating that then are you doing anything like i know it sounds ridiculous but are you doing like limitations around how much social media she can consume in a day or when she stops consuming it i don't mind her playing her games so um if she's on playing games it's fine but if she's on things such as like tiktok she yeah. is on instagram but it's only because a couple of our friends are on it. Yeah. Our page is totally private. Mm-hmm. I get to look through it to see what she's been looking at, who follow, and she's not allowed to accept anyone without me to follow her unless yeah. I know them. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's following, like, obviously there's people that do makeup and things like that. She'll follow. Um, or people that she's seen on TikTok. But I get to look through it all. Mm-hmm. Going on that is limited. And to be fair, I mean, I've tagged her in things and it'll be like a week before she replies. So it's not like it's a regular thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I do find like if if it was up to her, she would sit in her room all day in the dark on her phone or her tablet. Mm-hmm. So I do try to limit it. Like I make her come out for the walk every day. Mm-hmm. Um, she does her work in the morning and then she gets like half an hour break or an hour break that she can go on and play her games with her friends. And yeah. then she'll get yeah. back on it later on in the day. But at bedtime, she has to give me her iPad and her phone an hour before bed and watch something so that she can wind down. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. she would just stay up. Yeah, agreed. And do you know, it's, again, it's such a good, it's a good strategy to have with her because you're, you've still got the control as the parent, which is important. But equally yeah. allowing her to have her freedom. And that's, again, a balance that I'm trying to get with, you know, yeah. to it's hard we have a lot of battles yeah I mean I still have them now and you know they were sitting just last night on TikTok and it was 
an hour and a half before bed and I'm thinking to myself because of what I teach my clients as well around sleep hygiene I come off of your phone as well and it's very much you know you can see in them that they become consumed within school content and for someone looking outside in they made a comment to me to say but you're always on your phone mum it's horrible isn't it and to them it's true because I mean this literally is my life's computer so yeah so is mine on there I do my banking on it I check my client emails and do client you know constantly contact yeah but I also do my social media and I think what potentially Emma might look at it this way as well but what they don't see is that this device becomes an enabler for a business woman to do oh, yes. and also for you know a mum to pay her bills and they don't yeah. see that they no. just as a well why can I not sit on TikTok yeah do you know it was was it last week um Mm-hmm. I was doing something on my phone. I can't remember what I was doing, but it was something to do with work, whether it was replying to an email or something. It was something work-related. And Sienna came up and asked me something. And I said to her, just hold on a minute. I'm just doing this quickly. Yeah. And she's like, Mom, please get off your phone. Oh, my God, I felt awful. Yeah. <laughs> I actually felt, felt so bad because yeah. I felt like she's asking for my time and I'm looking at a screen but I needed to do whatever I was doing, but they don't, all they see is that I'm sitting on a phone. Yeah. They have no idea. And that's a really hard hitting, harsh reality of mom life. And are we right or are we wrong? You know, and it's that whole rhetorical question of finding the balance. Yeah. And we can't, I try to not go on my phone at night. Mm. I do try. See, like if we're all sitting down watching like a film together. Yeah. Try to not go on phones. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, it is difficult and we can't be expected as well. And people listening to this, you know, feel free to drop Rachel or myself a message on like how you feel about this. But we can't be expected and, you know, as businesswomen, as mums to only go on our mobile phones out of our children's sight. So whether, you know, toilet time, I used to make a joke with when I was competing, um, Amelia Thompson was my coach. And I would say to her every time, you know, whenever I'm sending you my check-in, it's when I'm taking a poop on the toilet because it's the only time that I'm going to have. You get five minutes to yourself. (laughs) And I can concentrate and I can submit it. And, you know, till this day we still joke about it because she's like, every time it was sent through, I knew you were in the bathroom on the toilet. Yeah. But we can't live our life by toilet time. No, if people see people that don't have children, they don't, they won't get it because they have all the time in the world. Like, I could spend my whole day not doing very much, but have no time to do anything mm-hmm. because it's taken up with the girls. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. It's hard, like, having a business and having children is hard to find that balance in between because, like that, I do a lot of work from my phone. If I have messages come through or clients get in touch, like, I keep in touch with a lot of my clients and, like, our gym members through mm-hmm. WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. So I could wake up in the morning and have loads of WhatsApps come through mm-hmm. and the time that it takes to respond to them all. Mm-hmm. And then if I've got client check-ins, if I've got emails, obviously at the minute we're trying to sort out funding. Uh, we've actually got another business that we're trying to sort out finances for that as well. So it's a lot of time is taken up just now trying to organise business. Mm-hmm. But it's, so it's hard to wear the balance between yeah. your kids yeah. seeing you on your phone all the time, but you're actually doing work. 
It's such a tough one. And, and it's not one that I, said, I don't think anybody would have the answer for that because it's... No. Especially, see, if you work like a nine-to-five job, like those children, if you've got kids and you work like a nine-to-five job and don't have anything else out with of that, mm-hmm. your kids, you go to work, you come home, that's it. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you have your own business, work doesn't stop. No, it definitely like, um, when I had Sienna, so the gym wasn't open and I wasn't personal training at that time because I was off, but um, we've got a construction company as well, mm-hmm. which is my partner's. I was writing invoices the day after I gave birth from my hospital bed because it doesn't stop. I, but people don't get that. But if you've got your own, you just need to, I mean, I could be replying to emails at 11 o'clock at night and Paul's like, why are you doing this? And I'm like, well, I've not had any other time to do it. So I have to do it now. Mm-hmm. Toilet time. That's my one time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so what are you doing in there? <laughs> <laughs> Toilet time. Don't tell your clients. <laughs> no. Unless they listen to this. <laughs> oh, Rachel replies to me when she's having food. <laughs> but um, no, it's it's been such a, a good chat just having this conversation you know I think if anything it gives you that reassurance as well that you're not alone and the things that you're winging as a parent yeah winging it yeah and you know a lot of the time I I I get a lot of people will contact and say oh you know you look like you're doing amazing with it all but let me reassure everybody as I tell them at the time you know it is very much a just see how things go when you're parenting And I've made mistakes and I've sworn at them and I've shouted at them and I've said things that after I regret. Oh, 100%. And I'm human and I have moments where I don't cope with being a mum. And that to me is, it's normal. Yeah. But I think what's great is that you acknowledge that that's normal. Whereas if you're a new mum, you're not at that stage yet. I know. Oh, look. No, just... <laughs> Go and ask Emma to help you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've just not long potty trained. So, <laughs> sorry, I'll be two seconds. Absolutely. So, as Rachel goes away, you see her now. She's doing potty training. So, bless, this is a real life, life podcast of mumhood. Um, but I think what's probably quite beneficial at this point to take a check-in point of the podcast time and this will be a longer episode than what we normally do back. It's, um, it's just interesting to be able to talk to another mum and to be able to look at the experiences that others face because all too often we can get into a state where we feel like we're failing at what we're doing and you know, it's one of these things where, like Rachel and I had said earlier, there's no guide, there's no how do I process that you follow for each age or year that your child grows. And for, for I suppose for mine, for my own experience just now, is I'm coming into that point where the girls are seeing their bodies change. Clara asked me just yesterday, um, she came in and pulled up her T-shirt and said, um, what's this part here? Is that normal? And is that meant to be there? And it was her hip, it, you know, around her stomach area. And I had to explain to her that, yeah, absolutely, that's normal. And as you grow, as you grow older, you straight up and down, you will have curves and boobs and waists. And, you know, all of this is very normal. So we do the best we can do. Definitely. Mm-hmm. 
do you think, see, as with being a mum, as the more that you are, the longer you're a mum, the more that you do kind of learn what works for you? Mm. And I find that I've got a few friends that are new mums and this whole winging it thing is not, that's not for them. Not yet. Or clients as well, yeah. And clients as well, where they, they want to know everything that's written in a book mm-hmm. to follow. But it doesn't work like that. No. Like, do I feel like you're, I might see when you would say, I find like with we nine, for instance, your child will tell you when they're ready. Yeah. I've had clients say to me, but how do you know when they're ready? Like, how, how do they tell me? They can't talk. And I'm like, they'll do, they'll, they'll become hungrier, they'll moan more, they'll cry more. But I feel like it, I do think that having more than one child, you do learn as you go. For sure. Like with it, we are just obviously potty training. She's fully potty trained. She took it very well. But I tried at Christmas time. She was not, she wasn't ready. So I waited and we done it, what, about two months ago? And she just took it. She decided one day, I'm not wearing a nappy anymore. And that was her. Brilliant. Well done. So she's gone away again. Really? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, and this is it, you know, they know when they're ready. And, and as a parent, you, you maybe haven't gone through this before and you don't know what the telltale, telltale signs are. But people used to think I was crazy because I was the first one out of all my friends to have a baby or two babies. I used to know what their cries meant. And you would know the pitch, the tone, the, you know, the, the, even just... The, a hungry the, cry the or a tired cry. You'd know when it was a... And, and even to this day now, you know, I was round at one of my friends cuddling in her baby and I'd said to her straight away, I was like, tired? And she's like, how do you know that? And I said, because it's his cry. It's the way that he's, he's crying, he's tired. And literally within a few minutes of just cuddling him in and shielding him in bright light, he was out. She was like, that's incredible. So I think you do, you know, you learn. And you will yeah. have weeks where you think they're hungry and trying to pop a bottle in their mouth and they fight it. And, you know, at that point, you're going, right, okay, maybe you're tired. Let's have a cuddle. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard work being a mum at times, isn't it? Oh, for sure. Totally. <laughs> it is. It's rewarding. It's hard. It's not always enjoyable. And I'm not ashamed to ever admit that because... But it is also the best thing that you will ever do. Yeah. I know. Definitely. And on that note... Thank you for having joined me on this one today. I think we could talk about so much more and it might- I really enjoyed that. You're good. I'm glad you did. Well, if you're interested, I'll probably have a little think and see if there's other topics and themes then that people that are listening to this or within the wider audience have maybe wanted to cover because it is the first time that I've had a mum come on and we've talked about breastfeeding and hormones and, you know, all of these types of things. So it might be that we have some more topics that come up which might be quite good to chat through in another episode yes i'm definitely up for that amazing thank you so much thank you for having me you are so welcome <laughs>